What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Jake Brown Podcast. I'm your host, obviously, Jake Brown. That's me. It's Tuesday. I wouldn't say we are waist deep into the holiday season. Maybe we're knee deep right now. So we got all today. Oh, we got to suffer through tomorrow. And then finally, we hit Thanksgiving. All the food, all the football, all the snacks, the cooking. Yeah, I really don't mind all the cooking. It's it's a it's kind of a fun part of the day, honestly. This year my responsibility on the cooking part, and I'll be tell you, okay, before I get to what I'm making, let me tell you about last year's debacle. It was an absolute train wreck. So I never have people at my house for some reason. Like I'm always the one who's never hosting anything. One, uh, I only have at the usually up until last year, I had like one couch and I didn't even have a dining room table. So I have like this little kitchen of table that seats two people, which no big deal. I just would sit on the couch when I'd eat or I'd just stand by the oven and just like eat whatever food I made. And uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, we're getting rid of our table. We know that you don't have one and you probably need one. So you should buy it. So I was like, all right, yeah, I guess I could, you know, after at that point, 14 years of being in my house. Yeah, I should probably buy a dining room table and it seats. What is that seat? One, two, three, four seats, six people, which is a lot of people considering I don't have anyone come over. Uh, I don't I guess at the time I didn't really know what I was going to do with the table that sat six. So then fast forward to Thanksgiving, uh, I decided to host. So my girlfriend and her mom and brother and stepdad came and we were missing a couple people. You know who you are. They came to Thanksgiving and I helped cook, but really what I was excited about was I was gonna make it. I was gonna make an apple pie, and if you listen to yesterday's show, you know I love apple pie. I used to make a lot of apple pies. Like I kind of had. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say an apple pie problem. I saw each apple pie as an opportunity to eat the apple pie. So what I would do was from scratch. I would make my own pie crust. I would, you know, cut the apples however I wanted them, you know, the sugar and the cinnamon and blah, blah, blah. I'd make these pies and they were really good. And then I'd just grab a fork and I'd just start eating them and I would just eat pie. I would bake a pie, eat a pie. Like that's not good to do on a regular basis. Uh, luckily, I worked out a lot, so it didn't show, uh, but still, you know. Sometimes there's things going on on the inside that aren't good for you that you can't see. Eating pie on a regular basis, 
not just like a slice, but like a whole pie, that's probably going to do things to your insides that's not good for you. You know, your your arteries and your heart, <laughs> the amount of butter I like to use. I mean, that can't be good for your cholesterol. So I was excited to make a pie. So I, you know, I'm I make my pie crust, I get my filling all squared away, I bake the pie, it looks amazing. Looks amazing. Help out, you know, cooking, preparing the dinner. Everybody eats, and I'm like, yes, it's time. It's time to bring out the pies. I had an apple pie, uh, a pumpkin pie also was brought, and then uh, I believe, a, a Costco apple pie also made its way, which turns out was a good thing because my pie was absolute garbage. It was disgusting. You couldn't eat it. And I don't know what happened. Something was up with my crest. Somewhere over the years, I apparently forgot how to make a pie crust. And I have no idea what I did wrong. Now, I've been told, and I'm sure, you know, someone of the seven listeners that I have, my OG seven, one of you seven out there probably knows butter or Crisco. Which do you use? And I'm not talking the butter-flavored Crisco, the OG Crisco. Butter or Crisco. I've always, now I've used Crisco, but I've always, for the most part, I've always used butter and I've never had a problem. Flaky crusts, uh, they tasted good. Uh, this crust though that I made, it was hot garbage. And I don't know what the deal was. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Find me on X slash Twitter at Jake Brown Pod. What do you use? Crisco or butter when making your pie crust? And I think another important variable that a lot of people leave out, how much do you work your dough? And are you putting your dough in a mixer? Hmm? Or are you doing it all by hand? Because I feel like there's a difference between the two. Everybody has their own methods. And I guess up until last year, I had my own methods. But, oh man, they went off the rails. And it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> so, luckily, we had two backup pies. Costco saved the day, you know, with those giant, basically truck wheel size pies that they make uh their apple pies are almost a little too sweet because they mix the caramel in do you say caramel or caramel where i come from we said caramel we also said crick instead of a creek like no one went to catch crawdads down at the creek we went to the crick that's, that's what we called it. So I, I call it caramel. Uh, Costco's, when they put the caramel in, it's almost like a little too much. You know, it's a little too much. It, it's almost unnecessary. 
Like if I want a caramel apple, I'll just, I'll go buy a caramel apple. I don't need a pie filled with caramel and apple. It takes away from the star of the show, you know? People went to Chicago Bulls games to see Michael Jordan play. Not Bill Willington. No offense, Bill. I mean, you know, I think he'd, he'd admit the same thing. The apples are the Michael Jordan of the pie. We don't need no caramel. We don't need it. But in a pinch, it saved the day. So I was happy. I was very happy that we had pie that day because I clearly failed. I failed at dessert. I had one job to do and I failed. <clears throat> but at least everyone had a place to sit. So, you know, that was a bonus. And I actually, I bought another love seat so that if people wanted to, they had extra places to sit. So, yeah, I actually made it into like a home as opposed to just a house that it looked like I had recently moved into, even though I've been here for now 15 years. Where was I? Oh, yeah. We got Thanksgiving coming up. I am going to make cheesy mashed potatoes, all right? And I found a recipe that is essentially going to make it foolproof for me. It's a crock pot recipe. Like I can just prep the stuff, throw it in the crock pot, turn it on. And then by the time dinner's ready, the potatoes are going to be done and we'll be able to have cheesy potatoes. Now, maybe this is a, a stupid question, you know, I would also love to know what you think about this. Do I go bacon bits or no bacon bits? If I do bacon bits, do I put them in the cheesy potatoes? Because if you do that, you run the risk of them not being crispy. And I love crispy bacon. Or do I just put them on the side and then people can spoon them in as they want? I think I'm going to go with putting them on the side. I think that's probably the best option. Nobody likes soggy bacon. You know, I, I don't know anyone who, well, I'm sure there's some psychopaths out there who love, or, uh, who love soft bacon. I, I don't. I want my bacon crispy. I feel like I've just talked myself into what my answer is going to be. I'm putting the bacon on the side. I'll probably do some chives too. It's not a super complex recipe. You know, you cut the potatoes, you put them in the crock pot with the cheese and the sour cream, and then you just turn the crock pot on and you just walk away for four hours. I mean, it really doesn't get any easier than that. Sometimes, especially in cooking, less is more, you know, less is more. Definitely what's less is me not doing an apple pie this year. It's a good thing I'm not doing an apple pie. I think I'm going to buy a pumpkin pie, though, because no one's making one. There will be a like a pumpkin cheesecake, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I do love cheesecake and I do love pumpkin pie, 
So combine those two together, it's going to be good. But, you know, I'm a little bit of a, of a traditionalist and there is no substitute for just a good old fashioned slab of pumpkin pie with some whippet cream. That's right. I said whippet cream. I mean, yes, it's whipped cream, but I call it whippet cream. Just like I call it a crick and caramel. So we're getting close, people. We're definitely getting close. Which brings me, I, I think I'm just going to kind of keep this like a holiday edition. Because I don't know if I'm going to do another episode tomorrow. I think maybe if I do, it's going to be a short one. But I do have some stuff I'm going to have to do uh, work-wise. And I just don't think I'm going to have time. So I wanted to talk about holiday movies. So I was curious, you know, what's your favorite holiday movie? Like there's a lot of good holiday movies out there. There's a lot of good ones. I just did a simple Google search. And here's what I found to be interesting. I just said, I want to read exactly, exactly my prompt so that you can hear there's no bias, there, there's nothing. All I said into Google Bard, if you're not using Google Bard, like you really should be. Google Bard is amazing. It's basically Google's version of ChatGPT. Like it's AI, it's amazing. Uh, I put in, list some popular holiday movies. That's all I said, list some popular holiday movies. So in no particular order, okay, here's what Bard gave me. And I'm, the last one that I'm gonna read, I feel like is gonna be the most controversial. All right, so here we have, It's a Wonderful Life, A Charlie Brown Christmas, Miracle on 34th Street, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, and that would be the Jim Carrey one, Elf, Home Alone, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Polar Express, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and here's going to be the controversial one. <clears throat> That just gets people spun the fuck up. Die Hard. Oh my God, Die Hard. Yes. I mean, my opinion of Die Hard, it's a Christmas movie, 100%. That doesn't mean it can't be an action movie, but it is 100% a Christmas movie. If you say otherwise, you're just wrong. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't want to hear what your opinion is. Don't even bother adding my Twitter at this point, at Jake Brown Pod. Don't even go to my Twitter and tell me that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Like, whatever you do, don't go to at Jake Brown Pod today and try to convince me that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. <clears throat> it is 100% a Christmas movie. The whole, 
the whole scene, the whole location. It's a Christmas party. Nakatomi Plaza? Are you kidding me? They're having a Christmas party for the employees. <clears throat> John McClane's wife is at the party. John McClane shows up to the Christmas party after a long cross-country flight from New York. He's there to get his wife back. Holly, you know the story. <clears throat> Obviously, some mayhem ensues. But that doesn't mean it's not still a Christmas movie. I mean, there's Christmas music, right? They have like a 50-foot-tall Christmas tree in the fucking lobby. Decorated. There's lights on it. Ornaments. There's gifts under the tree. People are clearly having eggnog. There's Christmas cookies. I don't know how much more evidence all you deniers out there need that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. So again, don't even bother going to Twitter at Jake Brown Pod and telling me that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Now look, I'm not saying that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie, but to say that it's not a Christmas movie, come on. Same with Die Hard 2. They're both Christmas movies. Who, who are we kidding here? Uh, all right, let's... I just want to briefly touch on the Polar Express. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've seen it. It's just... To me, it's very forgettable. You know, it just... It's, it's forgettable. It's not... Like, I've never asked anyone, hey, like, what's your top five favorite Christmas movies? I've never heard anyone say The Polar Express. Like, never. Have you? Has anyone out there... Does anyone have Polar Express in their top five? Anybody. I feel like nobody does. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Eh, eh, it's a little forgettable. It's a little forgettable. It's popular, but it's a little forgettable. Miracle on 34th Street. Man, I'm just going to kind of lump that in with It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, like, I get it. You know, they're very nostalgic movies. Wasn't there a big controversy about which one was it? I think it was A Wonderful Life. Or people like just like just this year complaining that it's sexist and <laughs> like the gender roles are horrible. Like, why are we taking 2023 topics and just thrusting them on some shit that was made back in the 1940s? You know, like it was a whole different world back then. Just let them have their movie. Like, who gives a shit what the gender roles were then? It was a completely different world. So, I don't know, like we've, I feel like everyone's seen those movies. Like TNT used to play those movies constantly, just like on a loop. Same with A Christmas Story, which I'm surprised didn't show up on this, on this uh, Google search here. Because that's a great movie. 
but you know, it, it's a wonderful life and miracle on 34th street. You know, I don't, I don't like black and white movies. God, it just like reminds me of Perry Mason and fucking Schindler's list. It's just depressing. Ugh. God, I remember when Schindler's list came out, all like the history classes in our, in my high school, we all went to go watch it. Uh, I was, that was the most depressed I've been for like four days after that. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's one thing to like read about it, you know, but Jesus, that movie, that was a, I mean, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but holy hell, is that a tough watch? Uh, black and white movies, man, I just can't do them. I just can't do them. A Charlie Brown Christmas. <clears throat> I will always have a soft spot for Charlie Brown. I always look forward to uh, well, like Christmas Eve usually, and they would show like the Charlie Brown, like a whole bunch of different kind of Charlie Brown Christmas type cartoons. And I just love to watch them. I love the music. I always was a fan of Charlie Brown anyway, but I always loved that they took a lot of those great, I don't know, were they even comics? I mean, at one point, I guess they were comics and they would turn them into like holiday cartoons and holiday specials and, you know, movies and stuff like that. I always loved that. Very nostalgic. Anytime I, I see Charlie Brown, you know, memes or you know, videos or anything like that. It, it just always kind of makes me smile. You know, I'm a big fan of Charlie Brown, not just because of the name, you know, we're, we're not related. Uh, he's, he's a terrible football player, by the way, too. You know, like he's a terrible football player. What kind of dog is Snoopy? Like, what is he? Is he a beagle? What is he? He just walks around like upright. That can't be good for his hips. He's going to get hip dysplasia. And they're going to have to put him down early. But then again, he's been alive since 1965. So I guess he's doing pretty good. Probably better than most of us. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And obviously a ton of different variations of the Grinch. And by the way, I'm not ranking these in any particular order. But... If I had to rank all the different Grinches, you know, the Jim Carrey one is, is, it's the best one. Jim Carrey is just, the guy's amazing. And what better person to play the Grinch, you know? I can't think of anyone better to have played that role. He's just, he's amazing. His facial expressions, the, the way he moves his body, the way he talks, everything about him screams the Grinch. Casting him made the movie. If they would have cast someone else, eh, it just would have been another version of the Grinch. It definitely would not have turned into what it is. And I think the same could be said for Elf. Who else besides Will Ferrell could have played Elf? You know? I mean, maybe his sidekick from Talladega Nights? Maybe? Uh, his name's escaping me right now. Um, Will Ferrell is Elf. Like, that movie is fucking gold. 
That movie's so funny. And okay, it's 20 years old now. Tell me you don't hear people just bust out a massive burp and then look you in the eye and say, did you hear that? <laughs> like, that movie is still being quoted today. That's when you know it's a good movie, when the quotes are just ageless. They just keep going and going and going. I still do it. I will still throw a big old burp out there, and I will start smiling and giggling, and I will say, did you hear that? Like, yeah, dipshit. We all heard it. You're a grown man. Stop it. Yeah, I'm not going to stop it. I'm going to keep burping. Home Alone. Oh. It's like the... It's like every kid who ever wanted to just make booby traps <laughs> their whole life. I wonder what the, the rate of injuries were uh, after this movie came out in 1990 of kids who were literally making booby traps throughout their house, just fucking up their siblings, paint cans, nails, some sort of shooting apparatus, shooting who knows what, arachnids, glass. Was there glass involved? I feel like there was. Even to this day, anytime I see steps, I think, man, I hope those aren't icy, you know, because you're going to slide all the way down those things and probably break your neck. Home Alone. Home Alone probably traumatized a lot of people in some way. You know? It's a great movie, though. And oddly enough, it's still kind of controversial in that some people say it's not a Christmas movie. I have literally heard this argument. Home Alone most definitely is a Christmas movie. Like, how could it not be a Christmas movie? It's okay to have a plot that maybe isn't necessarily Christmas related, but the theme of the movie can still be Christmas. You know? <clears throat> Let me look at all the lessons that Ke old Kevin McAllister learned, you know? He stopped, like, you know, basically judging a book by its cover with the scary old man neighbor when he ran into him in that church. He became independent. He went grocery shopping on his own. He didn't talk to strangers. He defended his house. He ordered a he ordered pizza. You know? Obviously this is before the internet, so it's a good thing he had cash. I'm still curious as to where he got the cash from. I may have just missed that whole part. Cuz he goes to the grocery store, he pays in cash. A whole bunch of groceries. What, he got like four bags of groceries for like 20 bucks? Jesus Christ. You know when I got my driver's license? 
gas was 96 cents a gallon. Can you imagine if gas was 96 cents a gallon right now? Right now at the Safeway, about a mile from my house, it's 409. And I shouldn't complain about that because it is way worse in other states in this country, way worse. But still, 96 cents? You could literally, we would roll up to the gas station and in Oregon, uh, no self-serve. Um, so, you know, the guy would come out. It'd usually be pissing rain. Fill her up? <laughs> no, my man. We're not filling her up. Give me $3 of unleaded. <laughs> but that was like three, a little over three gallons. Man, you were good to drive for a week. You were good. With three bucks now, that won't even get you a gallon. <clears throat> it's insane. Insane. Anyway, if you win, I'm not going to say if, when you watch Home Alone, look at how much food he bought for 20 bucks. He bought so much food. <laughs> Remember all the bags broke on his way home? And he's like, oh, nuts. Whatever he said. And nowadays, kids would have been like, oh, motherfucker. But kids were different back then. Oh, one of my all-time favorites, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, man, anything Tim Burton is always going to be good. I just, I love the way he, I love the way he sees the world. <laughs> I, I really, I just love all his movies. I, I love his style. Uh, I mean, partly because I, I love Halloween. You know, Halloween is just such a cool, I know it's not an official holiday, but the fact that he can blend in the two, uh, it's just great. I watch this because it's always on Disney+. Plus. You know, I, I will watch this at least one to two times a year, just on my own. It'll be the middle of August. I'll put on The Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't care. It doesn't need to be in the season. The Nightmare Before Christmas is a great movie all year round. All year. Okay. Oh, then the last one here on this list. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The Griswolds. Chevy Chase. I mean, I actually, a friend of mine I went to college with, he literally bought one of those beer holsters. <laughs> like, I'm not shitting you. He had a beer holster and uh, he would wear it. He was proud of it. We all thought it was awesome. I don't know, man. Maybe it was just a 90s thing. But then again, like looking back, I mean, it's still kind of cool. Why wouldn't you want a beer holster? You don't got to get up. No trips. That, like really the only downside is that your body heat is slowly warming the beers, you know? So like unless you're outside, you know, like camping or I don't know, like maybe you're like at Leavenworth, you know, and you're walking around. And it's cold. I've never been to Leavenworth, actually. But I know that, like, I've seen pictures. You know, people walk around at Leavenworth. Like, the beer holster would come in handy at Leavenworth. Because the air temperature is going to be much colder than what your body heat 
can warm. You know what I mean? Maybe I didn't explain that very well. I feel like the air temperature is going to keep the beers colder than what, you know, my body heat through layers of clothes could potentially warm up those beers. So you're always going to have cold beer on you, literally on you, you know, no backpack. Now, I think that might be the only downside. It might be a little rough on your lower back, you know, because this beer holster, it held like the big, like the big, like 32 ounce beers, not like a 40, but like, you know, like the next size down, like the big tall ones, you know. So, you know, you put six of those on, you know, I could see how maybe you might have some back problems, you know, might give you a herniated disc eventually. But I feel like if you're walking around with that much beer on such a regular basis, you're probably an alcoholic. So you have other issues to worry about than a herniated disc or a sore lower, a sore lower back. But it doesn't mean that, what was it, Cousin Eddie? That, what a fucking great character, you know? They're all great characters. I mean, they are characters in the sense that they are <laughs> those guys are a bunch of characters you know even that cat even the cat at the end who blows that tree up oh my god gold absolute gold that movie i mean that's that is up there with die hard and with you know that's with elf you know like that is that's one of the ones, and the one I'm not, I'm sad about that isn't on here, A Christmas Story. Like, those are like the Mount Rushmore to me uh, of Christmas movies, you know? Those are the Mount Rushmore right there. Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, Elf, Die Hard. Right there. And uh, maybe if I added a fifth one, I would put Home Alone on there. You know, I'm not putting the black and white movies on there. I'm just not doing it. Charlie Brown, sorry, brother. You're just, you're a little dated. You know, you'll always be nostalgic to me, but it doesn't mean you're on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. Scottie Pippen was a great basketball player, but, you know, we, we talk about Michael Jordan. Why didn't Bard put a Christmas story on there? I mean, I feel like we got to give that one an honorable mention on on uh, on today's little pod. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> like I kind of grew up in the country a little bit. You know, I had guns. I had, you know, shotguns and some other rifles and I had BB guns and stuff like that. I mean, not once did I ever remotely come close to shooting my eye out. I have no idea how that could happen. I guess I also wasn't shooting objects that a BB could ricochet off of and then hit me in the eye. It's a good thing he had glasses on. There are so many good scenes out of that movie. The dogs running through the house and destroying the dinner obviously him shooting his his eye out the the dad when he gets that the, the slutty leg lamp delivered and he is so excited as excited 
a look as he has on his face, the look of disgust on his wife's face is equally as good. Equally as good. And the kid has no idea what the fuck is going on. He's just like, dad's happy, I'm happy. (laughs) We got a Christmas, we got a leg on Christmas in our window that everyone can see. And I love how, I love how, and obviously I can't remember these, you know, the characters' names. uh, How, you know, the dad takes everyone outside and they stand on the sidewalk and they just admire. Well, he's admiring. The son's admiring and his wife is absolutely mortified. (laughs) And almost as ridiculous as that leg was the crate that it came in. I mean, it may as well have been a casket. Talk about overpacking. Good Lord. Oh, was that like common back in the 50s or the 60s whenever this was supposed to be taking place? The scene, uh, we all know this scene. The kids on the playground, they stick their tongue on the pole. The one kid does, and it gets stuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then they just leave him there. (laughs) And he's like, don't leave me. No, guys, no, don't leave me. Oh, do you think you would get like a, like a, like an ice cream headache from having your tongue stuck on that thing? Because your mouth is open the whole time. Oh, your teeth would get so cold. Oh, my God. It'd be like just putting two ice cubes on each side and just holding them with your teeth. Oh my God, that'd be brutal. That'd be so brutal. How do we think, how did, did they just end up just ripping his tongue off? What do you think the best method would be for removing a tongue that is frozen to a metal pole? What's the best method? My vote would be warm water slowly poured down and then you slowly Remove the tongue so you're not ripping the skin off as you go. But you then run the risk of that water freezing, and then now, well, now you have more ice around the tongue. But I feel like I would go with that method. Yeah, I mean, why don't you just go ahead and go to Twitter at Jake Brown Pod? What are your thoughts on removing a tongue from a frozen pole? What are your methods? I know one method I wouldn't use, hedge trimmers. I definitely would not use hedge trimmers. I kind of feel like that would do more harm than good, you know? Maybe not on every level. Obviously the pros, okay, the pros, you're free of the pull. You can go about your day and go back to class. You do your writing, you do your math, you go to PE, you know, like your day carries on. You might talk a little funny, but, you know, you can still communicate. The cons, your tongue was just cut off. Sure, you can talk, but you're going to sound silly because you don't have a tongue now. I mean, you're probably going to have to 
learn American Sign Language at that point, which is really hard to learn too. I don't know if you've ever tried to learn sign language. That is not easy. That is not easy at all. I learned a little bit, like a very little bit, just like, not even like phrases, just like solo words, you know, hard, very hard. I feel like as a kid, your life would be much harder having lost your tongue, being forced to learn sign language to communicate because you're a kid. So you're probably a horrible writer anyway. So it's not like you can just write down what your thoughts are. You know, it'd be spelled wrong. Your handwriting's all sloppy. And like back then, they didn't have dry erase boards. So you got to carry like a miniature fucking chalkboard around with chalk. So you're covered in chalk. You know, you can't talk. Uh, no one can read what you're writing anyway. It, man, you may as well just hit the road. Pack a bag. Hop on a cargo train. You're now a hobo. That's your life. I'm sorry to say. In 30 years, you'll have an iPhone that you can type into, and then you can join society again. But until then, you're just screwed. That's probably 40 years, really. When did iPhones even come out? Like 2000, what, seven, eight? I can't. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. It just seems like such a normal thing in life now. I don't even remember. I feel like a kid growing up in the 50s who had his tongue, his tongue chopped off by hedge trimmers, he's probably going to have to wait quite a few decades before he gets an iPhone and is then able to rejoin society after being a hobo. Where's he going to do his laundry? Oh, I don't know, man. Tough break, kid. All right. I, I realize, man, and really this is going out to the OG7, all right? The OG7, I know yesterday, I kind of, it's like I panicked almost. I hit the 47-minute mark, and I was like, shit, I got to end this podcast. I didn't do a boxing corner, and I know... You guys were all on the edge of your seats like, finally, it's Boxing Corner time. We get some updates as to how it's going. And then I just ended the podcast. And you were like, oh, dude, come on, bro. No Boxing Corner? We got no updates as to how things are going? We're the OG7. We have been with you from the beginning. And you're just going to walk away from us? Episode three, you're going to leave us hanging? Well, OGs, not today. I am dedicating this boxing corner to the OG7. You know who you are. I don't know who you are. And I love all of my followers. Anyone out there that's listening to this, and it's now it's a little bit more than seven. It's not much more than seven. But this boxing corner, I am dedicating a one a hundred a percent to the OG sevens who have been with me from the beginning. Mondays 
are hands down the most painful boxing practice that we do all week. <laughs> all right. I'm going to let me just walk you through what what Monday is. All right. And every day we start off, we jump rope seven three minute rounds with a 30 second interval in between each round. We don't stop. We just keep going. I don't even know what the math is at this point. It's pushing a half hour of jump rope. We then immediately wrap our hands. We grab a set of gloves that have five pound dumbbells fucking duct tape to the inside of them, like you're holding on to them. And from there we do 21 rounds of basically one, two, 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 one, two. Jab right, jab right, jab right, jab right, jab right. Three minute rounds. The 30 second interval in between is spent doing a shoulder exercise that takes about 15 to 20 seconds. So we get about 10 seconds of actual rest. It's absolutely brutal. It is brutal. The burning in your shoulders, the burning in your arms. As much as I thought that it was physical at the beginning, and I've now been at this gym for two months, uh, really it is just turning into more of a, of a mental challenge, you know? Because everything you do in boxing hurts. <laughs> You know, like literally everything you do hurts, you know, um, sometimes I, and this is going to sound weird, even going home hurts because I'm enjoying practice so much. I don't want to stop. Like I kind of just, I want to keep going, but like it's late because I go to the evening class, you know, I got to get home. I got to eat and, you know, feed the dog, that kind of stuff. I heard Coach Honey last night say something that kind of stuck in my head. I think we were in like, we were like at the halfway point, you know? So we had just done, we had just like finished our 10th round, started our 11th, and, uh, and Coach goes, the fights are the easy part, it's the practicing that hurts. And like in the moment, I didn't really think too much of that, you know, I'm thinking, I think initially I was like, you know, oh, the fighting's hurt too. Like it all hurts. Everything hurts. Ah, you know, maybe you're, I'm a little emotional when I'm exhausted. But when I kind of, <laughs> over the course of the, the last 11 rounds, I was kind of thinking about it. And then all the times I've sparred. The sparring is definitely the, the easy part, you know? The training is the hard part. The work you put in is the hard part. And I think that is across the board, all sports, if you're doing them right, you know? And really with any activity that you're, you're passionate about and that you become obsessed with and you want to get better at, you know? The training... The preparation is always going to be the hardest and the most painful compared to the actual 
activity itself. So in boxing, the actual fights. And when I look back to, you know, all the times I've sparred, yeah, you know, some sessions have been way harder than other sessions, but none of the sparring I've done has been harder than the practices that I've had. None of the, none of the football games I've ever played in, in high school or, well, I, I mean, I was on the team in college, but I didn't play. Uh, none of those games were more difficult than the practices leading up to it. None of the races that I ran in track and field in high school and college, even post-collegiate for club team, my preparation was so much more grueling than any race I've ever run. And like the more I thought about that, the more that just kind of applies to life. So that's my boxing corner for today. Whatever your obsession is, whatever your passion is, you know, whatever you're putting your mind to to try to better yourself at, the, the preparation is always going to be the, the worst part. But it is so worth it. You know, it's so worth it when you get to the actual activity itself and you just get to perform what you've been practicing. That's the fun part. That's the easy part. All right, that's my show for today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If I don't get to do an episode tomorrow, I will definitely be back probably this weekend because I'm having so much fun doing these. Uh, I don't, I don't want to take too many days off from them. So Friday for sure, I will be doing an episode. But uh, tomorrow and Thanksgiving, you may not hear anything from me. So if that's the case, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe. Hug and kiss your loved ones. Pet your dogs and your cats. And everyone be safe. And I will talk with you all later.